From bloated and tired to free and inspired, welcome to Free and Inspired Radio with Philip Watkins, your weekly dose of everything digestion and mental health related. We hope you enjoy this episode. Here is your host, Philip Watkins. Yes, yes. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Free and Inspired Radio. I'm your host, a naturopathic practitioner, Philip Watkins, and I'm grateful to have you with us today. If you're new to the show, well, the title says it all. It's all about feeling free and inspired and exploring the many different avenues you can take to get there, whether it's deep dives on digestion and mental health solutions or guests who offer their own stories and answers. I hope I can be the type of guide you can rely on to unlock the agency you have to reach your own mental and physical competency. Let's get started with what's coming up on today's episode. Coming up on this week's show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 52 of Free and Inspire Radio, a year's worth of episodes. Happy 2023 to everyone listening in as the New Year's come through you may be listening to this way after the beginning of 2023 but if you're listening to when this is released in the first week or so of January 2023 happy new year to you I hope the year has started well now and also to my Hong Kong friends I hope you're looking forward to to the Chinese New Year and the Lunar New Year coming up in a few weeks now this episode marks one uh, part one of free and inspired radio's new segment for 2023 we're going to be looking at quite a lot of changes to the podcast coming up but today we're going to start a new segment something called most prescribed so after getting some feedback from some of our valued listeners, it was a request to go a little deeper into some of the some of the herbs or nutrients I prescribe in the clinic and how I've seen them help. So we didn't need much more than that to get started. And today we're looking at possibly my most prescribed herb for mental health. And that herb is called saffron, a common one in the kitchen, but maybe not so commonly known for its medicinal qualities and that's what we're going to be looking at and it's certainly a big deal for me so I'm going to find this very fun. I hope you do too. Now those who know me well uh, both personally and professionally know two things. The first is that everything is my favorite and the second is that I love prescribing saffron clinically. The story of my love affair with saffron began almost 10 years ago. On a whim, I travelled into state from Melbourne to Sydney to attend an informal fireside chat with two world leaders in herbal medicine, Professor Kerry Bone from Queensland, Australia, and Simon Mills, who's one of the world's leading natural medicine practitioners from the UK. He was fresh off a flight too. Talking about the new additions to their seminal textbook, Principles of Phytotherapy, which was being launched in its second edition, the duo brought up their interactions with Middle Eastern universities, conducting research that hadn't been either translated into English or just simply missed altogether. Now, the most compelling herbs from these interactions were nigella, commonly known as black seed, and the herb we're looking at in this episode, saffron. So I remember walking out that night, not only blown away because I met them both, but also blown away by one key point about the potential saffron had. 
and it solved it basically solved a fundamental interaction problem with other medications. At the at the time, St John's Wort was the only viable evidence based option for depression, but its potential hypothetical interaction with SSRI as an antidepressant medication, at least at the time ten years ago, limited its use because as soon as we encountered someone who was using uh, SSRI medication, we uh, where hands were tied really because the interaction at that point was uh, a lot more um, considerable than we thought. Since then, saffron has then been confirmed not to have this problem. So you can use saffron with antidepressants. Now, I would straight away recommend that you do this with a healthcare practitioner. Please do not, even a disclaimer, please do not use this on your own when you're also taking medication. You'd need someone to guide you through it. But I can say with that help, you can safely take these two things together. And that's very important. And I remember on that night when I returned to my hotel room, I ordered the liquid extract of saffron straight away. I think it was like midnight when I did it as well. So it'd be waiting for me for my next clinic day when I return. And the rest is history, really. Fast forward to 2023 and the hype is real at this point. I think 2022 probably saw was the year of saffron in the sense of the professional formulas. Now, a lot of uh, a lot of our professional brands started to really take heed and, and f- formulate things with saffron at the corners at the cornerstone of, of their formulas. Now I've seen multiple different applications of saffron in the clinic, um, and I'm going to look at some of those uh, some of the evidence behind them in this first part of the show. So let's check it out. So let's start off with a meta analysis for saffron in 2020, assessing 21 randomized controlled trials. Then these trials found saffron to benefit mild to moderate depression, sleep, and anxiety. So the holy triad of mental health, really, for the modern day. As with all forms of herbal medicine, especially looking at singular herbs, it can help to know which active constituents within the herbs are being studied. So in the case of saffron, the actives are crocin, uh, picrocrocin, and saffronel. So if you really, really love looking up scientific journals, you can look up those actives specifically. You can find those show notes on the website um, and you'll find the spelling of those things on the website as well. Uh, That's philipwatkins.health, so check it out. Now, if you to look at the most professional natural medicine formulas, you'll most likely see the crocin content mentioned as an indication of the formula's health. A pro tip is to look out for these things if you're considering using saffron medicinally without the help of a health professional, even though I've recommended that you don't. But crocin, out of the three actives mentioned above or previously, have shown promise in major depressive disorder when used either with sertraline, fluoxetine, or citalopram, or commonly prescribed antidepressants. Now, this particular study that I've mentioned was a pilot study and conducted over four weeks, considered to be half the minimum time for saffron in other studies of depression. Now, just to note, there are, in 2022, new researchers identified crocin's ability to affect the brain's immune system in animal studies as well. Whilst we don't get too excited with animal studies on Free and Inspire Radio, they can sometimes not, tra- as they can sometimes not translate to humans. In this particular one, crocin reduced anxiety and depressive markers in rats experiencing unpredictable chronic mild stress. 
Immune markers measured in this case were infl inflammation and oxidative stress levels, which you, if you're new to oxidative stress, it's easier to think about the rust that's coming from cells interaction with oxygen and that causes a, a stress on the body. Saffron's ability to influence the internal immune system within the brain has another exciting application that I thought I'd bring up, uh, traumatic brain injury or TBI. Now if you're new to traumatic brain injury or TBI, then just go and watch Concussion. Uh, obviously Will Smith isn't <laughs> or is a divisive character nowadays uh, since, since he's uh, 2022, but um, American football, contact sports, Australian football, European football as well. Um, the it, it really traumatic brain injury is as it sounds. It can occur during a car crash, as I said, the contact sports, or being knocked out accidentally. And to to this in context, to put this in context, around 1.7 million people survive a traumatic brain injury annually in the USA. TBI is especially pertinent for men and women serving in the respective militaries as well. Estimates show that 80% of active service members and veterans experience a traumatic brain injury at some stage, get this, even when not deployed in action. So estimates show that 80% of active service members and veterans experience a traumatic brain injury at some stage, even when not deployed in action. So they're not... Anyway... I've repeated it for a reason. This quite unbelievable statistic goes some way to explaining the difficulties men and women can have adjusting to living post-deployment. This phenomenon doesn't only apply those to those in the military. In a more Hong Kong-centric way, young kids playing contact sports such as rugby are at a risk of higher incidence of mild to moderate head trauma. Uh, fortunately, nowadays concussion protocols are more and more common practice. But one of the big problems that we've seen in the past, over the, especially over the last two or three decades, is that younger kids, teenagers, are getting concussed and they're not actually going to hospital. They're not go. They weren't going through any protocols. I know through friends and uh, and friends and family like. You get knocked out, you kind of go back for the second half, right? That was, I guess, showing my age a little bit. But then that has kind of big big problems down the track. What is less known about the connection between TBI uh, and long-term personality changes is major depression and anxiety disorders often develop post-TBIs. Now, studies show that saffron's promise to reduce the damage caused by traumatic brain injury. So saffron might be a really good answer. Preliminary studies in mice show saffron blocking the cascade of long-term inflammatory insults that unfold to the long-standing damage caused by sustaining a head injury. So to simplify that a little bit, if you can take saffron almost immediately at the time of this traumatic brain injury and moving forward, from that injury, you should be able to block the cascade of inflammatory events, at least the ones that cause long-standing damage after a traumatic brain injury. Now, reiterating our statement, we still have a long way to go to get human studies to confirm this. Remember, that study I mentioned was in rats. Still, it certainly underlines the potential that saffron can have in helping to prevent the unraveling of people's mental health, even after traumatic brain injury. And I'd just like to add that if you've been a regular listener to the show, you'll know that uh, I think four or five episodes ago, we did a full episode on neuroinflammation and how the immune system turns itself on 
in depression and anxiety conditions. So if we've seen saffron show some potential in blocking inflammation in the brain when it comes to traumatic brain injury, maybe we might see saffron play a role in the inflammatory cascade that can cause depression. And maybe, as I said, we're using a lot of maybes here, but maybe it might be one of the reasons why it helps people with depression, right? So the context of another animal study has shown results that I actually see in the clinic. And we're going to look into that study straight away after the break here on Free and Inspired Radio, part one of my most prescribed series on saffron. We'll be back with more after the break. See you soon. Woo, time to take a break. Are you enjoying this episode of Free and Inspired Radio? There's no better time to take back your personal health sovereignty. If you want to connect with more free and inspired episodes, simply subscribe to your favorite podcast platform or visit the website at www.philipwatkins.health for more information. Let's get back to the show. Yes, yes. Welcome back to episode 52 of Free and Inspired Radio and part one of our most prescribed series. In this show, we're looking at my favorite and most prescribed herb in mental health, saffron. Now, before the break, I mentioned another animal study whose results I've seen more reflected in the clinic than anything else. And my interest in this particular uh, um, benefit from saffron actually came from another impromptu chat with Professor Kerry Bone. Now, during a subsequent chat with Professor Bone, I accosted him basically during a break at a conference, literally. Uh, poor guy, I feel like I kind of stalk him. Um, I asked to follow up with him on his clinical feedback uh, using saffron post, introducing it at a, pre- a few years before that at the fireside chat. At the time, he mentioned that he had started to be able to recognize someone who would respond to saffron when they walked in almost immediately. And I remember him saying that anytime you see someone with heavy eyes, there's a good chance that saffron will work. Now, To me, it was like Gandalf the White giving me a prophecy that only I could decipher and I had to run away and deconstruct this riddle. But I'll admit at the time I had no idea what he meant by heavy eyes. And I thought this level of recognition, to be honest, was saved only for people like Professor Kerry Bone. Lo and behold, though, after a few weeks, I encountered a new patient who struggled to keep their eyes open during our session and recounted that their mood was just as heavy. My patient felt run down from heavy periods of stress. And it was quite obvious that this was the time to see if we could use saffron to help. To this day, I'll never forget seeing my patient a fortnight later with bright eyes and a flushed face, almost a complete reversal of how they presented in the first session. A reversal I knew was down to the saffron prescription. And our study from 2021 echoed these results in a human study using 30 milligrams of saffron over eight weeks. 56 people, so not a massive study, but still something, 56 people who used saffron or placebo were placed under acute stressful situations and monitored for their responses. The participants who received a saffron reported reduced depression scores and improved social relationships at the end of the eight weeks. Of particular note is the improvement in social interactions which occurred after day 56 of this study. 
a lesser known origin depression is loneliness and isolation. And if you're interested in this, can I recommend Johan Hari and his book Lost Connections on Depression? To me, it is groundbreaking, hopefully as an intro this year. Me and Johan Hari, I'm going to have to read all of his books before I do the episode again, but we may have one of the world's best authors of mental health on Freedom Inspire Radio this 2023, so keep it tuned. But let's get back to this. A lesser known origin of depression is loneliness and isolation. And we're talking about a study here in humans where one of the unexpected um, results was uh, improved social interactions. Now, one study has shown that people who have higher depressive symptoms have more significant have a more significant amount of negative social interactions and a lower sense of belonging in social interactions. These improved social interactions while taking saffron was an unexpected result in the study that needs further investigation. Still, it's nice to see that some of these broader changes are occurring in people's lives, especially when how do you treat loneliness? How do you treat a lack of social belonging? How do you treat some of these other things like the isolation, for example? How do you treat those things? And maybe we can use the right herbs and we can see a ripple effect. Now, I wanted to add this in for all my Aura Ring users. Uh, if you use an Aura Ring, this isn't a sponsored show. I've just been one of the users of Aura for probably around about three or four years now. Uh, one of the parameters also measured in this same study was heart rate variability changes. Generally, if you're new to this, we can measure stress levels and how they affect someone via heart rate variability decreases. So in this case, the usual drops were blocked in the participants using the saffron extract. The study concluded that saffron could improve subclinical depressive symptoms and resilience against stress-related mental health conditions. Sounds like a good thing for the modern day, right? And where everyone's under something, it seems, these days. So uh, if saffron can help there, it's probably a good example of why I prescribe it so often now when it comes to saffron and heart rate variability i can confirm at least myself that taking saffron affected my hrv positively from day one this benefit continued over the days that i took it and my reaction to acute stress improved so it's nice to see that some of these facets in the studies present in realistic ways i'm just an n equals one a shout out to andrew cox from joint dynamics he <laughs> says that to me a lot um can and look as I said, if you want to give it a try, you know, make sure you can get someone to help you. But hey, if you're interested in using your Aura Ring and changing some of the readings on the Aura Ring, that's one of the reasons why I find it most fun because you can kind of see some of the results of the herbal medicine. Now, moving out of specifically depression, um, I wanted to know whether or not you feel as if saffron can have a positive effect on emotional eating. Now, this is from day one, once again, this fireside chat that I had in Sydney, or I had, I was a part of with Dr. Um, Simon Mills and, and Kerry Bone. One of their more interesting points around saffron was that it can actually have a positive effect on emotional eating. You heard it right. This is one of the more important benefits that saffron offers people from a clinical point of view. So let me explain. A Turkish study released in 2022 found a connection between perceived depression, anxiety, and stress and emotional eating. This connection is crucial because diet can often be a rate limiting factor in helping mental health conditions such as depression. There is some preliminary evidence, preliminary 
Let me repeat that early. Doesn't mean it's real yet, but there's some preliminary evidence to suggest that diet may actually be the fastest track to treat depression. So if people are emotionally attached to eating in that they do it when they have negative feelings but also positive feelings a lot of people don't know that emotional eaters actually eat when they feel good as well and that's a that's a really interesting one but in this case saffron given as an extract over eight weeks once again saw benefits in appetite suppression reductions in dietary intake and central obesity reduction let me repeat that saffron given as an extract over eight weeks saw benefits in appetite suppression reductions in dietary intake and central obesity reduction another study found that a saffron extract reduced snacking frequency over eight weeks by 55 percent compared with a placebo now that particular study I was a little bit suspect on because it was using a proprietary blend and it did it wasn't the best kind of you know, structured study but hey we're looking at potential here and I, I have also seen that in the clinic as well where people feel as if it's a little easier to get hold of their sugar cravings at the same time whilst they're taking saffron and I don't tell them it's going to happen and I kind of often wait to see if they report that next time we see each other. Now, another kind of bonus round for saffron is actually really important. It's something that I've a really underrated or understated issue that I've seen saffron help with. And it, it's actually in SSRI-induced sexual impairment. And uh, this is a really, sexual dysfunction caused by SSRIs is a well-known side effect of the prescriptions. Now, one study examined saffron's ability to help women using fluoxetine over four weeks who had experienced or reported sexual dysfunction. At the end of the study, significant changes in sexual function occurred in women who had reported issues. Interestingly, the success of using saffron in this case was not re reproduced in males with erectile dysfunction, which is also common from SSRI prescriptions. And I've actually also seen that uh, with men in the clinic too. So this is one this is one that may need some more research to work out exactly why uh, women who have sexual dysfunction from SSRIs um, have more success with saffron than men. But we'll hopefully find out down the track and there'll be another episode of, of saffron <laughs> as it's most prescribed coming up. But for now, it's saffron can play a multifaceted role in helping with not only mild to moderate depression, but other key ripple effects from it, such as the emotional eating and sexual dysfunction that we've talked about in the second part of the show. I'm really looking forward to seeing the potential of saffron and its role in depression unfold with more human studies. Uh, for now, the future is bright. I definitely say that with saffron in mind because one of the uh, things I haven't mentioned is its use in eye health. And you'll see uh, most of the big eye formulas or popular formulas for eye health or visual health um, have saffron in it. And one of the things I always remember from Professor Kerry again was that you'll always see saffron work when you see someone's eyes brighten up. And once again, hey, we love science on Freedom Inspire Radio. I used 18 different papers to put this episode together. So look, the science is there, but hey, sometimes it's nice just to see someone's eyes brighten up, right? So uh, what do you think? As I said, I very much enjoyed putting this episode together. So if you felt like you enjoyed it too, please let me know in the comments if you're listening to this on YouTube or send us uh, some correspondence through philipwatkins.health. 
and I'll do more, especially if there are things, specific things you want me to do a deep dive on. I've had requests on N-acetylcysteine through YouTube. So look, hey, maybe that'll be our next most prescribed. Um, before we finish this episode of Free and Inspire Radio, if you'd love to hear more from me and get the word on new articles, podcasts, episodes, and more, jump over to the website, philipwatkins.health, and you can get yourself a free ebook which goes into probiotics and mental health and how probiotics can be used to help your brain. So you can get that for free on philipwatkins.health. Now, your reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify help me get the word on the street. If you're listening to this on YouTube, please throw the video a like and subscribe to see when each new podcast is uploaded. I want to send all the big shouts to the show listeners who get this far. This show is about helping you to find the freedom to feel inspired again. I hope this gets you one step closer. And until next week, don't forget to take care of yourself and those around you. Hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Friends by Radio. This is Philip Watkins signing off. We'll be back with more next week. Until then, bye. Oh my gosh, you made it to the end. This show is all about you, and we hope you finished this episode feeling one step closer to feeling free and inspired. We'll be back next week, but if you want to know more about Philip, please catch a digital flight to www.philipwatkins.health for further details about how we might be able to help. In the meantime, have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, and we'll see you for another episode next week.